Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Lisail International Circuit paddock and what an end to the season it has been here in Qatar. I'm actually walking along the paddock with our very own Charlie Hiscott and James Whittam. A bit of an anticlimax, but uh, what a crazy day. Yeah, it was an absolutely mad day. It's from, from top to bottom, really. Um, obviously, the weather was incredible, and then that Supersport race was just... I've never seen anything like it. What do you reckon? You've been involved in a few things like that. What did you make of it? Uh, yeah, brilliant. Uh, in my opinion, it was definitely fit to go. I would have gone anyway if I'd have been in that position. Uh, Supersport race was brilliant. I feel really sorry for Clazell. It really... I wanted him to win, I've got to be honest. Now I can say that. Uh, but Cortez, he can't take anything what? away from him. Uh, just because he's had that many goals. And he's a nice kid. Ooh, you're so romantic. Nice you're such a romantic. Yeah, no, I am. Yeah, yeah. I still love me bike racing. Uh, so, yeah, brilliant. The, apparently, the problem, trying with the riders, with the, super, the safety in Superbike Race 2, wasn't turn 15. It was turn 1. Oh. Because the braking, the braking point is earlier on a Superbike because they're going 20 mile an hour quicker. So they would have been in that puddle. Exactly that. So, uh, probably the right decision. Uh, I've been involved in meetings where they've cancelled Superbike races before. It has to happen sometimes. Safety's paramount. So, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I love to... I love to knock Dorna when, when the opportunity arises, but I think they've actually, Why? I think they've actually done a really good. <laughs> they've done a, they've they done have, a decent job because that race had to run, right? They had to do that. Well, I, think they, I think they might have waited. It seems to me that if they'd have waited any longer, it wouldn't have made any difference because the rivers were coming anyway. They're never going to be able to stop them. Um, they had to get that race out of the way, and they did. They got the TV broadcast going because that definitely. Yeah. I was told not long before that happened that there was that it was never going to happen. I've just spoken to some of the TV people over there, and they said the TV compound is like properly apocalyptic. There's bits yeah. of metal and stuff flying and everywhere. I take my, I doff my cap yeah, to the yeah. donor people. They got a race underway and they got a race finish in a world championship decided in conditions that I have never seen before. So yeah, well done to them. Yeah, me too. Well done, Dorna. Shall we walk up towards the paddock show? Oh, Ian Wheeler's here. Ian Wheeler, we're on the Eurosport podcast, press officer for the Patty Yamaha team. He looks a little bit nervous. Uh, have you had a good weekend? Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous, Greg, you know, since you told me you're 50,000 listeners to this podcast. <laughs> well, yeah. Ian, what have you been up to? This weekend? Yeah, quite a lot. You know, it's been a strange end really? to the weekend. Really? Yes, Charlie, certainly a lot more than you, <laughs> seeing as you've stolen most of my funny comments for your Twitter feed <laughs> and all the information I gave you for your Everybody knows Ian Wheeler has been parked outside Costa Coffee all weekend. It's a sponsorship deal, Charlie. I'll explain how that works to you later. But yeah, strange end to the to a weekend. Fantastic super sport race. You know, when Forza of the Championship decided with a proper race, you know, not somebody settling for position and points. You know, commiserations 
I'm talking, Charlie. I'm talking. You've done your talking, right? Now it's my turn. Sorry to the 50,000 of you out there listening. Um, yeah, proper race. Commiserations to Jules. He did exactly what he had to do. Went for the win and was a little bit unlucky. Congratulations to Sandro. Uh, World Supersport champion. You know, last world champion was a German as well. And Sandro Cortese. Charlie's making uh, a sleep action, sleeping actions. He doesn't like what Ian's saying. Ian, what did you make of conditions? Conditions were obviously very difficult. You know, we saw in the super small race they came down to turn one, have to go through the standing water. Circuit people and Dawn did a fantastic job to at least get the race on track. You know, um, yeah, but, but tricky conditions, and I think the right decision to cancel Superbike race soon. Ian, you've come here this year from the MotoGP paddock, which I know you're missing away, but what do you think of this paddock? Right, it's absolutely fantastic. It's got a different focus to, to MotoGP. Um, seems to be a lot more fan orientated in the paddock, much more of a spectator experience when you come in. Um, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed it. Good teams, good racing, good people, apart from the aforementioned Charlie Iscott, of course. Well, that's just Ian Wheeler, isn't he? They come down, they, they come here from MotoGP and they think they're pretty <laughs> special. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Oh, that's no problem at all. And to all the Eurosport viewers who uh, sent me messages saying you know, the, the viewing had improved since Mizano, it's my pleasure. <laughs> now, of course, Mizano being the race that Ian started working for Pata Yamaha at. So we're standing under the podium now. Charlie and Ian have walked off. I'm still with James. And uh, there's a bit of a prize. Well, it's actually the prize giving ceremony, isn't it? Michael Hill, Master of Ceremonies. And this was supposed to happen at the paddock show, James, but it got destroyed. Yeah, there was no paddock show because that's run under kind of tents and the tents all blew away. I, I mean, we had a lot of rain. That was the main feature of the, uh, the kind of extreme weather incident that we had. But actually, it was really windy at one point as well, and it blew a lot of the paddock away, it blew some uh, speakers down, it blew a lot of the hoarding over, and it actually blew the, the large mass away that formed the basis of the paddock show so now they're doing it on the actual uh, presentation podium this is the whole championship uh, presentation of best team most points for uh, everything every single award and there's quite a lot of them has been presented now we've talked about this in the commentary but you said you reckon they did the right thing to start the super sport race was it the right decision to not run the superbike race yeah because i'm chatting now with riders in the paddock and the, the big problem is the breaking point the point at which you close the throttle and hit the front brake and that is all done in about a millisecond uh, with the super sport bike was just after because they're doing sort of 15 miles an hour slower than the super sport bikes the super sport bikes break later for turn one and there was a real river running across right where the super bikes would have been braking so it would have been different for those they would have been right on that river when they hit the brakes there's an obvious uh, safety issue with that and uh, so they decided not to run and I'm wise enough and old enough to realise that if the riders are saying it's dangerous you have to go with them the last thing anybody wants as a rider I remember it in my day the older riders and ex-riders saying ah get going what's up with you we'd have raced in these conditions in my day well maybe it would but things are different and if the riders say it was unfit to race well you've got to respect them the super sport riders went out all I can say is conditions prevailing at the beginning of the super sport race have been out and worse so I would have gone Charlie who was your rider of the weekend oh Greg what a question what a brilliant question rider of the weekend Charlie hates this question I would have to say 
Sandra Cortese. What would you say? Ice cool all weekend. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Really got the job done. He's been fantastic all, all season, to be fair. Yeah. What would you say, Whit? Yeah, I think uh, it'd go. I think it, if I could, I'd split into three there. I'd go Cortese, Clazelle, and Myers. You've got to take it after Myers. Run a brilliant race. Cortese did everything he could. You could see him just holding Clazelle up a bit mid corner with Myers going front. It's exactly what I would have done. It's exactly what anybody else would have done wanting to win a championship. So overall, yeah, probably Cortese. Obviously, what all this means is that Tom Sykes has had his last race with Kawasaki a day early. Same for the V Twin Ducati. Jonathan Ray has not got his wins record, but it is what it is, I suppose. Yeah, I read a, a nice little press release from Ducati and, and a little quote from Chaz Davis saying what he wanted to do was finish race two. He didn't know at that point they weren't going to have a race two. Yeah. He said that he wanted to finish race two, stay on the bike, keep his gear on, ride out the circuit and just ride home on the bike and put it in his front room. Yeah. And, and I can, that was really touching to me. He, uh, he's had a lot of time on the Panigale and the Ducati V20. It's the last time we're going to see it. It's been a, an amazing bike. He wasn't given a chance when he first came into World Superbikes in the late 80s. It was too old of a design. The crankcases were 10 year old already at that point. You couldn't make it rev enough. Uh, the tr it was a steel frame. Everybody laughed at it. The engineer said it couldn't possibly work. It has done. The engineers in, in Bologna have made it work and, uh, and good luck to them. Yeah, sadly, the only Ducati model never to win a World Superbike title. Susie Lavity's just walking past us with Pepper. So, uh, a, a tricky weekend, but a great ride on uh, Friday. Yeah, it was. The, the whole weekend was pretty good, I have to say. We were never out of the top uh, three or four, so got to be proud to finish the other guy. Pity what happened today, but uh, it was the right decision in the end. What happens now? Uh, I wish I knew. Try and get a job. Alright, thanks. Good luck, Eugene. We'll let him go because he's got to go up onto the podium for his prizes, so we'll go back across to James. So what about next year, James? I mean, it's not far now until testing starts in November, the racing starts in February in Australia, all live on Eurosport, of course, once again. Can that Ducati realistically actually challenge for the title in its first year? Uh, we're hearing good reports. Uh, it's been specifically designed and by then tested. It's already in test, so they're going to have plenty of time to, to hone it uh, for World Superbike, so that is definitely their aim um, I think it's a big ask yeah. uh, there's also a new BMW out for next year that's uh, less what's the word less revolutionary it's still in the cross the frame 4 but it has a different firing order rather similar to the Yamaha I'm led to, led to believe it's almost a cross plane crank design uh, so we'll see it's a big ask for the Kai but it already has the power it's going to be a fast bike and all that look who we've got with us now Mr Laws and more importantly his lady yeah so we start with Corinne then on the podcast yeah go on Corinne go on but she's running away how do you feel Corinne Corinne come and tell us about your marathon that you've just run come on you did an amazing oh, yeah. running marathon go on Corinne yeah that, that's nothing compared to what these do yeah. is it really <laughs> It's been uh, up and down, it's been a bit of turmoil, it's been some highs, he won his first race. Yeah, definitely How highs and some lows, up. but it could be so much worse. I'm happy. Oh, sorry about that. Um, well, it's not been a bad weekend, has it? Amazing fight with Eugene yesterday. Yeah, as it's turned out, obviously, it was nice to finish the year with a podium. Um, yeah, and today, obviously, the, you know, it's a shame for everybody, obviously. The yeah. One thing we can't control is the weather. Yeah, it's just disappointing to finish the season like that, but um, yeah. It was, uh, I was a bit more competitive this weekend. I'm looking forward to trying to improve over the winter. Do you think they did the right thing in running the Supersport race? 
Uh, there's a championship on the line, and I think that it was uh, had to be. Yeah, I don't know. It's beyond my pay grade, all that. So next year, then. I, my personal feeling is, and I could be completely wrong, that the Yamaha will be the closest challenger to the Kawasaki, at least at the beginning. What do you feel? Yeah, it needs to be. We thought that this year, obviously, was too far away. It's, uh, they're the only bar that can be competitive any condition every weekend. And, yeah, we need to up our game. We need more support. We need more... We all, I need to do a better job as the rider. And, you know, we need to be there every weekend. So, yeah, let's try and work on that. Obviously, they're there to be beaten. And, uh, you know, we, uh, yeah, we've we got a great team atmosphere. We've got a few new faces in the team this year. And hopefully next year, some of that hard work can come to, uh, come to, the, come to the front and we can be doing well. What's your opinion on the three-race format? Because we've not really heard too many opinions from riders yet. What do you think of it? Yeah, I think it'd be great. More racing the better for me. We, you know, that's why we do it. I love racing, um, and yeah, it's uh, you know slightly different schedule, slightly different format of races. Maybe might give some different people the opportunity. So I'm all for uh, I'm all for making the racing closer. I'm all for making the racing more exciting. The races like yesterday we're using last lap battles is, yeah, is what it's about, not really trying hard for 20 laps and still being 10 seconds behind the other guys. So um, yeah, we need to make it closer. Hopefully that'll, that'll work, and uh, I can be the guy at the front rather than being around like this year. Is there this argument that some people are saying that if Jonathan Rowe dominates again, which we're not sure whether he will, but if he does, is it not just going to make it even worse domination? Yeah, listen, the thing is, it's hard. At the minute, he's the best rider riding the best bike, and that's not anyone. That's just the facts, you know. He's, uh, he might win on other bikes. I don't think he'll be as dominant as he is on other bikes. But also, I know how well he's riding, and you know, he probably doesn't get all the respect and that that he deserves for for um, how well he's doing and how many races he's managed to win and consecutively keep winning so yeah I don't know we need to improve as a rider as a team and it's down for everyone else to catch him and fair play to him for, for setting the benchmark so high yeah amazing season for them Charles hey, Al how's married life treating you <laughs> yeah nice she stood about two metres away so it's fantastic and if she wasn't yeah it's still great she's good you know, it's like, it's, we're the hardest people probably to be married to. It's hard anyway, but yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. It's only been nearly a year, so better than I thought I'd do. Hey, what are you going to do over the winter? Uh, obviously, what, testing in November and spend a bit of family time over Christmas. My brother's just had a kid, so just try and relax a bit. Re re refresh, refocus, and the next year's got to be a big year for me, so. You, you're really well known for training, you and Sam, and the little posse of uh, super sportsmen that you hang around with, you train a lot. Now the season's finished, will you have a break? Yeah, a little bit of a break, not really from training. I enjoy training anyway, regardless, but um, yeah, switch off mentally for a week or so. Um, and then straight back to it, we're testing, testing the next year's bike, so we need to be fully on form in November. Uh, Paul Dennings here as well. That was a strange day, wasn't it, for all of us? Yeah, more than strange, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's from Mike, I'll be completely frank, from Michael's side of the garage with an injured rest after his FP1 high side, with sort of third place in the championship, still potentially on the line if his wrist didn't perform, he was happy not to race. Alex, after oh, really? a brilliant race one, was super up for it and was absolutely ready to, you know, try and have a second podium. But ultimately, those uh, considerations need to be out the window because we still, you know, they ran the Super Sport and that's fine. Yeah. But there are four substantial accidents in turn 15. Yeah. Four quite bad injuries because you got a rider can't control an off-throttle high side or aquaplaning. Yeah. And it was the right decision to take. And uh, so a strange and disappointing end to the season. But at least we and well more. You know the team, but 
really uh, Alex played a big part in a very exciting what turned out to be last race of the year so we're happy with that yeah of course we've seen three Yamaha wins which has been great to see we've seen the Aprilia up on the podium obviously Kawasaki's dominated the uh, but there is hope for next year I think for everyone else that it's going to be a closer title fight I think possibly yes but <laughs> Possibly. I can only say, to be realistic, to reach the levels of confidence that Jonathan's got yeah. would be a big step for anyone because, you know, like any sportsman, they start winning and keep winning and repeat winning, then get away with a crash and don't hurt themselves and then get away with a dodgy pass and it works and it's like you can walk on water and that's where he's at at the moment and, uh, you know, a little very much as an equivalent to Marquez in MotoGP and um, uh, to any of the riders, any of the, forget the teams and the bikes, yeah. for the packages to reach that level yeah. is going to be tough but we're you know we're up for the challenge and uh, we're excited about taking a step forward because we did okay this year but we weren't as consistent as we should have been at all tracks and uh, our, our riders have still got potential to grow the bike's got potential to grow so we can be better yeah what do you reckon they should do with this three race thing i mean how do you think they should determine the grids there's a few different opinions aren't there what would you say but uh, yeah i think the most important thing is that it's understandable and it's relatively simple and uh, yeah. makes sense for everybody so i'm sure we'll see a normal qualifying and then the result of uh, probably the sprint race will be the grid, yeah. but in normal order for the final race. And uh, you know, that's uh, the reverse grids work well, really this year. Yeah, better this year, hasn't it? It's yeah. created some real exciting racing. It's given us some good opportunities, to be honest. Where we've had maybe average Saturdays, but really good Sundays. Improve the bike a bit for Sunday and get that better grid position if you finish say sixth in the race on yeah. uh, Saturday. It's worked for us, but ultimately. Uh, it, as in all sports, you've got to follow the rules, not what you wish was to happen. And uh, you know, we need probably Mikey needs to work on his qualifying next year if there's no reverse grid because it's uh, a little bit of a weak point for him. Right. Alex is pretty good on the qualifiers, so um, yeah, something we need to work on on Mikey's side of the garage. But we're up for all the challenges that next year is going to bring. Have you got a well deserved holiday planned? No, none. It's the busiest time of the year. Yeah. It's a horrible time of the year, to be honest, Greg. From uh, <laughs> uh, team ownership, team management, you know, basically securing the budget, securing all the staff, dealing with the human issues. Actually going racing and activating the plan is, it goes up and down, but it's relatively easy. You turn yeah. up and you do your job. But yeah. uh, right now there's uh, still a few unknowns in all teams, and uh, obviously ours is included within that. So, uh, yeah, a lot of work to do over the winter to um, take the next step forward. Cheers, Paul. Good to see you. Uh, cheers, Ca mate. Catch you with the Michael Hill's here. Hello, Michael Hill. We're on the Eurosport podcast. Hello, Hello mate. host uh, gala host. Uh, I'm not really a gala, was it, mate? You thought you weren't going to get a gala, didn't you, tonight? What a situation today. No, it was crazy, wasn't it? But you've got to say fair play to everybody involved here, not just from Dorna's side to get the uh, the Supersport Championship concluded on track. You know, it would have been terrible to decide it, you know, uh, if the race hadn't gone ahead. But Dorna, to be fair, Dorna did such a good yeah. job and, and I think, to be fair, the call to cancel her in, we just actually come off the podium. We Instead of the 45-minute gala, we did a 10-minute gala. Everything went out the window, but we did a nice all little presentation. You, all your, you rehearsed so hard. We've been talking and about a new shirt season. as well, mate. Oh, no, so you didn't get to wear your shirt. No, didn't get to wear my shirt. Can you reveal to us what it was. It was uh, a light blue number with little uh, Vespa motorcycles on there. It was uh, it was very not not quite as exuberant as the old pink elephants at MotoGP when I was there for Day of Champions, but. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. But no, it's just a shame. You know, when yeah. uh, when the sandstorm hits, I mean, it, it basically destroyed the podium. It ripped the podium straight off the top. It destroyed the paddock show. I mean, it was just, I've never seen anything like it. It was just crazy. But, uh, you know, we got some good racing today. That super sport race was a cla uh, classic. And you know what? I don't think anyone can be uh, too dissatisfied with that decision. Rain was falling as we were doing the prize giving there. So uh, yeah. for me, it was the right decision. And let's just look forward to 2019, three races a weekend. And uh, I'm off to buy me ticket for uh, for Australia.
Yeah, I was just talking. Oh, do you have to buy your own ticket, do you? Well, no. I'm just. I'll go and. Uh, I'll just. <laughs> I'll just go and check in. And uh, yeah, I don't wonder whether I can turn left this year or turn right when I get on the plane. Next turn year. left would be nice. Would be it? nice. You, walk, you, you will turn left, but you'll be walking backwards. That's it, mate. That's it. <laughs> Obviously, you work for Dorna. I'm not going to put you on the spot. But the three race format is going to be interesting. But we don't know the the way the grids are going to be decided yet, do we? Whether the reverse grid will stay yeah. or not. In your personal opinion, what yeah. would you like to see? In my personal opinion, however they decide to do it, I think that uh, race one should be decided, as I think it will be, by a Super Bowl yeah, or a qualifying yeah, session, normal points. And I think I, it will be, won't Yeah, it? I think so. That's what everyone says. The second race on Sunday is going to be the longer... Sorry, the second race on Sunday, being race number three, yes. will also be the long race, so that'll yeah. be normal points. The big question is about what's going to happen to the first race on, on Sunday, the short race, the sprint yeah, race. Sprint race yeah. It's going to be about, from what I'm seeing, 10, 12 laps a race. Yeah. Um, I think that still needs points. That me personally feels that needs points. Yeah. Otherwise, you could go out there, you could put your you know you're racing for the for a championship you crash out on lap three yeah. and you're starting at the back of the grid for the feature race it doesn't make sense so yeah. for me there should be some points whether that's full points i don't think it'd be full points so maybe it's the top 10 top six or i don't know i don't know but for yeah. me for me the sprint race needs to have points that's just my personal opinion but yeah. like i said i do work for donna but i'm in yeah. i'm just in the dark as you are i don't know no no, no. we will literally in the dark here michael we, well yeah but uh, I'll, I'll smile mate the floodlights on my teeth look at this yeah, viewers, listeners rather, it's good you probably... No, they are, they're, they're fantastic teeth, Michael. Thank you very much, thank you very much. So we, really we, we can't have a podcast or even a chat in the paddock without mentioning the old pearly whites. No, we can't. It's actually the first time we've done a podcast in the paddock. We've got Alex Murley here. Should we bring Alex over? Because it's his second appearance on the podcast. And he's just missed out on a point today. Top 16. 16th ah. position, finished just a, a couple of seconds out of the point. So. Well, good job, Alex. That was good. Just, just away from that point, but right. more than you would have expected, I suppose, having had no 600 time at all on any 600 before... You first race yeah just to think just six weeks ago i'd never even rode a six hard let alone uh, <laughs> yeah. raced one so to, and that's any six isn't it yeah any 600 so to come here to qatar and just be i think it's about five seconds off the guy in front in 15th you know i'm super chuffed with it it's been a rapid learning curve these boys are just so fast it's what was the track like because we saw a few puddles on the telly what did it feel like um not pleasant. Yeah. You know, the worst one was the one going down into turn 15. Yeah. You literally, because that's normally, that's third gear, you know, pretty fast. You're talking 80, 90 yeah. mile an hour. Yeah. But today was, you go into a third gear, brake hard uh, when it was dry, go down to second, stand the bike up through it, and then turn it, and then once you'd done a little bit of dry track, you could go, because the tyre would be not wet anymore. Yeah. So, uh, tough tough out there horrible because the thing was the rain also brought the sand yeah so I mean, that weather, were you already here when that weather hit earlier? I was in a, we were in a petrol station yeah. and they filled up the car, took the payment. Just as they took the payment, all the lights went out. We were driving through it and it, I'd never seen anything like it. My windscreen wipers weren't working. I know, which just showed me the video of Charlie driving through it and it looked pretty yeah. hairy. <laughs> yeah, right, anyway, good job, Alex. Uh, we'll see what happens next year. There's still so many plans up in the air for most people in the paddock, to be fair. It's, uh, it's a strange one. Everyone's leaving it late this year, so we'll yeah. see what happens. But... Good luck, good good luck. Adrian Murney, yeah, of course we want to speak to you, Alex's dad. What's this experience been like for you? I mean, the longest fights you guys have done to a race with two hours to Europe, and now you've had Qatar, you've had Argentina. It's a bit different, isn't it? It's been a fantastic experience. We've enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, the flyaways have added an extra dimension to it. And, uh, yes, we've uh, we've really enjoyed it. Alex has 
thoroughly uh, reveled in the experience of uh, moving up to 600s uh, from the 300s. Big, big step up, and uh, you know you can't emphasise that too much. But uh, it's he's done well. I think he's brought it home each time, pretty much, and uh, gained valuable okay. experience. And uh, we're looking forward to next season. Not, not sure what we're doing, but. Uh, yeah. You know, that's that's uh, that's part of the excitement. Yeah, like a lot of people, to be fair, yeah. a lot of people don't know what they're doing. We were just speaking to Corinne Lowe's a moment ago about what it's like to be a World Superbike wife. What's it like to be a World Superbike, World SBK dad watching on? Do you get nervous I, watching? I should expect just as worrying as being, you know, the other side. Yeah. It's um, you 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 look at it and you say a little prayer each time before it goes out. I think, and uh, you know, the main thing is to bring it home. And uh, it, it's, it's always a nervous time, but uh, there's, there's a thrill to it as well. The old adrenaline gets going and uh, you can't help but be excited, so it's very good. Go home now to Chadwick End, just outside Hockley Heath, yes, which of yes, course yes, is our yes. neck of the woods. Yes, um, yes. It must seem like a while since you had some proper time at home. Well, yes, with these two long flyaways, Argentina and now Qatar, it's been, uh, I think uh, Mrs. M is getting a bit, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, she'd like to see a little more of us now. So well, we'll what have does to Maxine do when you're away? Does she, has she got her own little thing she's getting on with? Or well, she has, a, she has her friends and, you know, things she does. Um, she has an interest in a shop which she's right. uh, been doing, so it uh, does keep her occupied, but I still think, for God knows why, she does miss us. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we're uh, we're looking forward to seeing her tomorrow and uh, yeah. all being home together. Hello to an acting from us. We'll Thanks do. very much, Adrian. Nice That's to great. speak to you on the podcast. Cheers. Thanks very much indeed. I think we've got, we have got a very smartly dressed Chaz Davis here, chatting away with Charlie Hiscott and James Whittam. Um, how's it going, Chaz? Good to see you, by the way. A bit of an anticlimax, but yeah. the, the right decision. Um, yeah, just, you know, obviously disappointing. Most disappointing thing is always the fans that lose out on a, on a last race. But the good thing was at least Superbike was all stitched up. Everything, you know, nothing was really going to change that much. So, yeah, that's it. No proper finale in the end for the V2, which is a bit sad. But are you going to be able to ride it into your house like you said yesterday? Uh, I'm hoping so, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm under discussion. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a bit of a shame not to give it the final, yeah. final go. But there you go. Do you think, I'm asking the various people, do you think they did the right thing in running the Supersport race and not running the Superbike race? Definitely, yeah. Even running the Supersport race was questionable, but they kind of had to do it. They yeah. can't, you can't finish a champion, decide a championship like like the Superbike race was decided to not go ahead. But yeah. even so, it was definitely you know a risky risky race to run with the, the water that was out there because it just wasn't draining. Um, but maybe they got away with it. Maybe a couple of guys have injured from turn 15. I'm not exactly sure. I just heard that. Yeah, so, it did look nasty. Um, yeah, but it's a shame to finish like that for us, really. Um, but definitely safety is is the most important thing. And every, all the riders club together, it's a pretty unanimous decision. You know, yeah. There wasn't one guy going, no, 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 we should definitely race it. It was like, yeah. no, because we... You can race in any condition you want, but there's always somebody who's going to push the push yeah. the boat out that little bit more and, yeah. and drive the pace on, and, and it'll end up with somebody finishing the season in hospital, and yeah. nobody wants that. So, yep, we'll uh, look forward to brighter things next year. Before you go, two quick questions: When you're on the V4 for the first time, and uh, obviously, how is your collarbone? Have you got to get the plate taken out now? Yeah, so V4 test is in the middle of November, is the first one in Aragon, and then we're scheduled to do a v, another test at the end of uh, November in Jerez. So, got four or five days lined up, um, and yeah, the collarbone is uh, not, not not particularly good. It's been deteriorating a little bit um, yeah. over these last few weekends. So, I'm just looking forward to you know getting off the bike for a little bit just to get it fixed. Um, it's a bit, you know, it's. Got, it's easy to say, but it's definitely been holding the back, of course, this yeah. last part of my season back a little bit. Um, yeah. 
and yeah, just kind of looking forward to getting 100% healthy again because uh, yeah, it's no, been not a lot of fun, but yeah. Okay, well, congratulations on second in the championship. Yeah. And on to 2019, I guess, testing first. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Well, I'm looking forward to it already. You normally finish the season and you can't wait to switch off, but with the V4 and everything and the, the sort of things surrounding, surrounding that bike, um, you know, we've got high hopes for it and hopefully we can take take something to the Kawasaki lot. Thanks very much, Jazz. See you later. Good luck with the collarbone. And that concludes the Full Throttle podcast from the Liceo Paddock. It's amazing we got any action at all tonight, to be honest with you. Now, because we signed off early, we didn't know the Superbike race was going to be cancelled. We didn't really get an opportunity to say thank you so much from me personally to all of my co-commentators for the season. James Hayden, Michael Guy, Freddie Spencer, of course, and good luck to you, Freddie, with your new role as chairman of the uh, stewards situation in MotoGP and of course to James Whitton. It's been a pleasure to be commentating with James again here this weekend because it had been a while. Mostly, thank you very much to all of you for spending your time with us here on Eurosport and to the whole Eurosport production crew, but mostly to all of you back at home because without you, we've got no championship and we've got no broadcast and we've got no podcast either. So thank you very much from me, Greg Haynes, from Charlie Hiscock, James Whitton and the rest of the Eurosport crew here in Qatar. We will be back with the podcast next week as we look ahead to 2019 and digest 2018 yet further. But for now, from a bit of a damp the sail, it's good night. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.